0: Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, we're going to start um, a brand new series today that I am really excited about. And I know I say that all the time like, oh, I'm excited about this. I really am. Um, and I'm really excited about it because It's one of these series that the Lord just keeps downloading stuff. I told Jess last night, I'm like, I have weeks of content already, and I'm really excited about that because I know that it's the Lord's heart for you, and I know that the Lord always has your best in mind, and He wants you to flourish and grow and find victory in life in every area of your life, and And that's what I want this year. I I want to see in my own life. I want to see in your life. I want to see you live the life of victory in Jesus because, you know, that's what the word promises us. And why why should we settle for anything less? We shouldn't. We shouldn't settle just because the enemy pressures us and lies to us and gets us to believe his thoughts, right? Right? We need to press in and go, God, what is your best for me? And so we're gonna start this series today called Foundation. And I really believe that we're gonna build a new foundation this year, a new foundation. And I think sometimes it's okay to just say, we're gonna reset, we're just gonna reset. And for a lot of us in this room right now, we've grown up in church, we've been in church, and we know the Lord. And I think sometimes we forget that, God goes, you know what? I'm constantly renewing things. I'm constantly changing, and I want you to constantly change with me and grow with me. Amen? So come on, let's pray. Let's invite the Holy Spirit, and we'll jump in today. Father, we love you. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. and We thank you that the Holy Spirit comes to bring us wisdom and revelation and truth and understanding. And Father, we ask in the name of Jesus, the Holy Spirit would give us fresh perspective, fresh understanding to build a solid foundation upon you and your word. We love you. We give you this day and everybody agrees. Said? Amen. Amen. Give it up for the worship team today. Uh, if you have a Bible, I want you to pull out your Bible. If you have an e-Bible, I want you to pull out your e-Bible. If you have something to take notes, I want you to take out something to take notes. You can uh, write today, uh, week one, foundation. We're calling it Fresh Start. I um, want to show you this picture uh, real quick. Uh, this is a picture of the foundation of our new home. Um, some, yeah, we're excited. Um, living in an apartment's a trip. I'm just going to be honest with you, okay? Uh, for you that don't know, we uh, sold our home last spring. Uh, God was really good to us. He told us to sell our house, and we made way more money than we should, praise God. And it allowed us to be in this season. And so this is a picture from a few months ago when they laid um, our foundation. And, and we all know that we have a foundation um, at our house, but truthful is this. We don't really think about our foundation. We don't ever really talk about our foundation. You know, like nobody goes to somebody's house and says, hey, you have a really beautiful foundation here. I mean, the, the foundation of this home is just so amazing. It, it is rock solid. You know what I mean? What do we do? We, we talk about what? We talk about all the finishes. We talk about, oh, I love that light or, you know, the awesome flooring or the layout of the house is laid out really well. But we never talk about the foundation. But the reality is this without a really solid foundation, that house will crumble. Okay. And it's the same thing in our relationship in Jesus Christ. Without a solid foundation of the word of God, our relationship, it is just a matter of time where the enemy is gonna pick and pick and pick at you and sooner or later, you will fall, okay? Now, listen. My son, Ben, my middle son, Ben, uh, really loves Legos. And I found out that Todd, my man, Todd, is a big Lego guy. Of all the people in the world, I would have, I mean, when you told me that, Todd, I was like, you are blowing my mind. He was like, he he showed me 30 pictures on his phone of the new Home Alone Lego set. And I was like, that is amazing. We actually love Legos. And so my son, Ben, loves Legos. But one of the things that we know about when he builds his Lego sets He, like, spreads them all out on our kitchen table. Like, for a couple weeks, our kitchen table is not our kitchen table. It is Ben's area to build his Legos. Why? He needs a solid foundation. You know, like, if he was in his bedroom and he was trying to build a Lego set on his mattress or on his pillow, that thing would constantly be shifting moving, struggling to build that. Why? Because it's not a solid foundation. And I think that sometimes in our families, with our children, with our lives, we're trying to build a life, but we're building a life on things that are constantly moving like a pillow or a mattress, right? The world's constantly moving. Have you like noticed that? That there's never any truth anymore. Truth is relevant. It's like relevant to the moment. It's relevant to whatever they want to tell you is true. And so if we're building our life upon what the world says or ideas that the world has, we're never going to have a solid foundation, okay? And so we have to build a solid foundation. And the thing that's interesting to me about this is that when you're building a foundation on life or you're building a foundation on a new home, The same thing happens. And it's this. There is zero fanfare when the foundation is being laid. You know, like the day, put that picture back up. The day that they laid the foundation of our house. Okay. We, we were not out there with signs cheering on the guys who were laying our foundation. You know what I mean? We weren't, we were not out there going, you are the very best concrete guys we've ever seen in our life. We're going to put you on the gram. We're going to put you on Facebook. We want to tell the world. Our foundation guys are awesome. No, that never happens, ever. But the reality is this, is that someday, either about your life or your home, family, friends, visitors will talk about what was built on that foundation? And it was something that nobody ever even saw. I mean, like, we just showed up to our house one day and was like, oh, there's a foundation. But it's something that happens. It, when does it happen? It kind of happens in the dark, kind of happens in the private moments, kind of happens in the moments where nobody cares, nobody's looking, nobody's, nobody's seeing. And so we're going to talk about that for the next, really, I I really think that this will probably go on for a couple months here, where we're going to talk about how to build a fresh, new, solid foundation on the Word of God in living in victory. Amen? Uh, Go with me to Psalms 103, Psalms 103, and we're going to look at verses 8 through 10. Uh, In the New Living Translation, it says this, The Lord is compassionate and merciful. Can I get an amen from anybody on that? The Lord is compassionate and he is merciful, slow to get angry, filled with unfailing love. He will not, I love this, he will not consistently accuse us nor remain angry. Verse 10, he does not punish us for our sins. He does not deal with us partially as we deserve, okay? So we need to start this journey of building a new foundation on some real truth, okay? And the first thing I want to talk about is this. Anytime that we make changes to core belief systems in our life or foundational things in our life— I promise you the first thing that's going to happen is the enemy is going to come and flood your mind with guilt and shame. That is the first thing that's going to happen. Think about any time you've made a New Year's resolution or you've made a decision to change something in your life. The first thing that happens is the enemy comes with guilt and shame because you're in that position that you need to change something. It's the very first thing that happens. He comes to you with his what? His lies. Lies like what? How could you have made that bad decision? How could you have made that choice? Or how about this one? How could you have let yourself go? The other day I was looking in the mirror and I was like, oh, Jesus. What is what is happening to me, you know? I mean, I'm 41. Things are slowing down, you know? He'll come to you and go, you'll never get out of this hole. You'll never get out of this situation. Or he'll come to you and go, how embarrassing are you? Or he'll just come with this one. He'll just go, God's angry at you. Right? He's going to come. He's going to bring guilt and shame. He's going to accuse you because the enemy knows and he knows this, he understands this. If he can get you to not start, Isn't that interesting? If he can get you to just go, I'll start tomorrow. I'll start next week. I'll start next Tuesday, right? If he'll get you to just not start, he understands something. If he can keep you in guilt and shame and get you to not start, he'll keep you trapped. He'll just keep you trapped. He'll keep you trapped in unhealthy decisions, He'll keep you trapped in unhealthy lifestyles. He'll keep you trapped in unhealthy relationships. He'll keep you trapped in making poor financial decisions. See, he, he, he wants to affect every area of your life. We, we all think the enemy is just about our relationship with Jesus. No, he, he wants to touch your finances. He wants to touch your kids. He wants to touch your career. He wants to touch every area of your life. And he knows if he can just get you to not start because you're so full of guilt and shame, he'll just keep you trapped. And if he can keep you trapped, what does that mean? He can control your future. He'll control your future. He'll control your thought life. He'll con- and if listen, if he controls your thought life, he controls your future. Amen. He comes to us, and he starts with what? The only weapon he really, truly has, and the real weapon is this. He lies. He's just a liar. He can't stop lying. This is all that he knows to do, and he lies to us with these lies like God's angry with you. God's disappointed in you. God's frustrated in you. How could you have made that decision? You'll never, you know. I've had conversations with people in the past where they're, you know, in extreme debt, and they'll go, "Well, never get out of debt." I'll go, "Yeah, with those words, you never will." But, but the words that come out of their heart about that tells me what what they believe, and they believe what is a lie. Remember what Psalms 103 says, the Lord is compassionate and merciful. So that means this, every morning that you wake up, God has full mercy, full compassionate to you. Even when we're making poor decisions, even when we're in unhealthy relationships, even when we're making poor financial decisions, God goes, I'm full of mercy I'm full of love for you. It says this, that he's slow. Slow. So what? Anger. That's a good word. I'm thankful that the word tells me every morning I wake up, it says there's new mercy every morning. New mercy every morning. So God's timing of getting angry, I mean, he might get a little pee for a second. But then every morning you wake up, he's like, oh, there's my kid. That's the one I love. It's the one I died for. It's the one I'm so happy with. It says he will not consistently accuse us. See, the enemy will accuse you. You wanna know the difference between God and the enemy? Listen to the voice. Listen to the voice. One accuses, one tells you, Nope, I died for you, I love you, I'm with you. The other one accuses. So anytime you're trying to decipher, is this God or is this the enemy? You'll always know it because the enemy cannot not lie. That's just his nature and his character. And God's character is to not do that according to the word of God, okay? He will not remain angry at you. Verse 10, it says, he will not punish you for your sins. He will not deal with you, harshly, you know? So any moment that you feel guilt and shame, any moment that you feel like, man, God's really angry and frustrated at me, you can instantly in that moment go, nope, that's not God. That's not God. And how do we know it's not God? Well, I just read what God's character is like. See, this is why it's so important to know the word of God. Because if you don't know the word of God, the enemy can deceive you and trick you really quick. Amen? It's really important. So the first thing we need to understand is this. There's always grace at the cross of Jesus Christ. Any moment that we need to make a life change, any moment we need to make a change to a core system, value, foundation of our life, it's okay. Why? Because there's grace. There's grace at the cross of Jesus Christ. He's full of it. The second thing we have to do then is we have to be able to identify the lie in our own souls. How is the enemy talking to me? What am I believing that he's speaking to me? I'll give you an example, okay? So the Lord has been speaking for months to me about this, okay? About, number one, working out. Number two, my sleep, like sleep, time that I sleep. My schedule and my routine, Okay, he's been talking to me about these things for months. Okay, because one thing I truly know and understand, at least about myself, is this, that I have so much more energy when I work out. I just feel so much better physically. And how many of you know when you physically feel better, life's a whole lot easier? You know, just being honest. And I mean, I swing back and forth in different seasons where I'm like, I'll work out a bunch, and then I'll have some seasons where I'm like, man, um. Cup, you know, hostess cupcakes are my jam. You know what I mean, and that—that's my world. You know, or or like sleep. You know, like I'll be honest. Like I could I could go to bed at like two three every night. I know some of you are like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, I, I could do that. Like I just uh, my mind starts working. I don't know what it is. It's like it's like eleven o'clock. You know, like. 90% of my messages are formed at, you know, 11 o'clock at night, you know, and I, you know, find myself at like 2.30. I'm like, why am I awake, you know? And so the Lord's been speaking to me about these things. And so I had to go, okay, why aren't these things flushing loud in a consistent way? Did you hear what I just said? A consistent way. Because I'll have ups and downs. And we all understand this. We all have ups and downs in our life. So I had to ask myself why. And I had to figure out, okay, what is the lie? What is the lie that I'm believing right now? And I figured this out. The lie was this. I'm just too busy to figure all this out. Right? I mean, like running the church, running my family, coaching my boys. Like, I mean, it's just a circus, you know? And and I think to myself, I'm just so... So busy, God, you know I'm so busy to figure out this like working out thing. So, the other night it was like uh, I think it was like nine thirty. I'm like sitting on the couch, and you know, like that that moment where you start glazing over. You know, what I mean, it's just like a glaze, a haze comes over you, and you're like, I'm 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 fading. You know, I'm fading. I'm watching this game. You know, I'm just every the world is just fading away. And I'm sitting there, and the Lord was like, go work out. I'm like, no, 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 not right now. That's the devil. If I've ever heard the devil before, that, that's the devil right now. And the Lord like, get off the couch, go work out. And I was like, but it's 9.30. He was like, you go to bed at like 1 o'clock? What is the difference? And so I like stand up, and Jess is like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm going to go work out. Wanna go work out right now? I went and worked out. You know what? I felt so much better. There's time if I want to make time. Right? There's time for anything. There's time to read the word if I really want to read the word. There's time to be in the presence of God and pray if I really want to. There's time. There is time. But I have but I'm believing this lie. I'm just too busy to find time, too busy to figure this all out. And here's the deal. The Lord has told me that these things, okay? And I love, okay, let me show you this. He's talking to me about working out, sleep, and schedule, okay? None of these things have to do with prayer, the word, anything spiritual. But the Lord keeps telling me that all these things are connected to my best life. Isn't that interesting? Like God knows us and he knows how we're wired. He knows our future and he knows what we need. And even with the pace of the church growing consistently every year, I'm starting to recognize like, oh God, I understand why you want me to work out because I need to be physically fit enough to handle the pace. Like God knows us and he knows our future. But what do we gotta do? We have to deal with the lie right? Because look, um, a couple weeks ago, Pastor Matt smoked. He did an amazing job. Can we give it up for Pastor Matt, okay? Did an awesome, awesome job. Super proud of him, okay? And, And he said, he said this. He said, I believe that your best is yet to come. And he says, and he said this. He said, I really believe that. Now, do I believe that? 100%. We would believe that, speak that, declare that, that God's best is about to come, It's it's his best is yet to come, okay? But here's the deal, I want God's best to come in a season, and God understands this too, in a season where it won't be squandered. Did you get that? Where there's a solid foundation. So the Lord talks about what? In the word he says, I want to produce fruit that will what? remain, okay? Meaning that it's going to produce more fruit over time, okay? So we have to deal with the lies, and so we got to go to the Word to understand how to deal with the lies. So go with me to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 10, okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, it says this, for although we live in a natural realm, We don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons. He's talking about how do we fight the things that are going on in our soul, okay? We don't use human weapons, using manipulation to achieve our aims. I love that Paul takes this idea of our human nature and connects it to us manipulating things, right? us justifying things, okay? He said we don't deal with things, but it says instead our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle, love that word, dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. So Paul's saying this, these lies are actually strongholds in our minds, that we hide behind. We hide behind these lies. These lies are actually part of our identity. These lies are a part of the way we see ourselves. These lies are actually areas that we just go, well, if I just kind of joke and talk and and speak about this lie, everybody will understand why I don't live in victory. Amen? Amen? Oh, so this is like this is strong coffee this morning, y'all. Okay. Strong coffee. Verse five: we can demolish every fantasy that opposes God. Every fantasy that opposes God. And break through every argumentative attitude that is raised up in defense of the true knowledge of God. Have you ever had an attitude towards the things of God or the word of God? It says this, we capture like prisoners of war every thought and we insist that they bow down in obedience to Jesus. So I us talking about my son, Ben. He's really into Legos, okay? And so he has this little Lego Christmas set and... um. So I had him put it together for me and, and I wanted to show you something, okay? So a stronghold is what? It's like, it's like this, this complete set, okay? But a stronghold is like a complete formed lie in your mind that you completely believe. That's what a stronghold is. That's what Paul is talking about. He's talking about lies that we hide behind. He's talking about lies that we build actually a false foundation on. You know, part of our lives are built on lies that the enemy has spoken to us for years and years and years. And we think it's a solid foundation, but it's, a, it's like sand, it's constantly moving. And that's why we can never find victory. So Paul says this, he says, we have to dismantle. Okay, so it's like this Lego set. It's like, if this is a formed lie, okay, if this Lego set re- represents a formed lie, a stronghold, let me tell you the Eric um translation. It means this, a rebellious castle. So it means that there are lies in our minds that are these fortresses, these rebellious castles in our mind, in our thought life. And Paul goes, we have to do what? We have to dismantle it. Brick by brick, take it apart, take the lie apart, dismantle it one lie at a time and tear it apart and make it do what? Submit to just what Jess talked about this morning, to the power of Jesus Christ. And we go, nope, no longer am I gonna submit to this lie anymore. It is a stronghold, and this stronghold is going to obey the Word of God and God's truth and no longer rule my life. Amen? That's what Paul's talking about. Paul's going, we got to dismantle this thing. We got to tear this thing apart. We got to take our authority in Jesus Christ and make it. I love this line. It says, we capture these thoughts. We capture these lies. We capture them and we force them to obey God. For anybody that has children, we have forced our children to eat at one point in time. You remember this, like you put them in the high chair, you like lock them in and you're like, you are gonna eat these carrots right now in Jesus' name. You know what I mean? Forcing it. Listen, a stronghold is opposition in our mind, in our thought life to what? Moving the gospel of Jesus Christ forward. Because here's the deal. When you and I, when we believe lies, we do what? We shut down, we get overwhelmed, and we get discouraged. I'll say it again. We shut down, we get overwhelmed, and we get discouraged, and then we do what? We never start, we actually give up, we don't move forward, and we never find what? Victory. We never find victory. And because we don't find victory, the gospel doesn't move forward. Let me show you this verse. Romans chapter eight, verse 37. Is that your watch? That's amazing. It's agreeing with me. The technology is agreeing with the word of God, okay? Romans chapter eight, verse 37. It says, yet, even in the midst of all things. Oh, I love that. All things, all things, everything, your day-to-day. See, God is really concerned about your day-to-day. God's really concerned about your Tuesdays and your Thursday afternoon at three o'clock. God's concerned about it all. It says in everything, everything that we touch, it says this, we triumph over them all. For God has made us to be more than conquerors. In his demonstrated love is our glorious victory over what? everything. Ephesians says that the love of Christ makes us complete inside. Complete to do what? To overcome all things. To overcome anything, everything. Anything that opposes you from the glory of God. Anything that takes you away from the goodness of God. Anything that causes you to live in sin. Or causes us to live and not God's best. I mean, listen. I hate to put it this way, and I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna regret saying this, but but I know that if I don't work out, and, and I choose to just be comfortable, because that's I mean, listen, guys. I worked out on Wednesday night and Thursday morning. I was like, God, I cannot get out of this bed this morning. <laughs> I mean, like, everything hurt so bad. But, it, but if I choose to be comfortable, I'm actually living in sin. And, and that's a tough place. See, See, we equate sin with like, you know, an addiction, we equate sin with like these big things, like these big rocks, right? Like an affair, like that's sin, right? And we're like, and 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 we justify ourselves by going, I'm not having an affair like, like so-and-so that I know. I'm not doing this like, you know, my coworker that I know. And so what we do is we actually make ourselves feel really good about ourselves. And the Lord's going, yeah, but there's all these things I've been talking to you about that isn't my best for your life. I actually have better for your life and I want you to overcome. I want you to have victory in every season of your life because here's the deal. When you find victory, it does this. It's actually the carrot for who? Who? People, friends, family, co-workers, old friends on Facebook from high school. See, the thing is this. When you overcome, when I overcome, we overcome lies, we overcome generational curses. I was talking to the Erdels the other day. They just celebrated 18 years of marriage. Yeah, now, Here's what I didn't know, and here's what you don't know is that on both sides of their family, Christy and Ryan, for like four generations, everybody had gotten to year 17 and then got a divorce. Like four generations deep on Christy's side, three generations deep on Ryan's side. Talk about a generational curse. So when they celebrated year 18, they were like, ecstatic. They're like, we did it. We broke the curse. And they didn't just break the curse for themselves. They broke the curse for every generation behind them. Amen? So when you overcome and you have victory and you have life, guess what happens? All these people around you that really don't know Jesus and don't know the goodness of God and don't know his kingdom, they all start going, how did you find victory? How did you overcome? See, that's that's the carrot. That's what's enticing to the world. The world isn't interested in your sermon or lecture. The world is interested in you finding hope in life and victory in Jesus and living it out in front of them. And then they go, oh God, I get it now. I get it. And the gospel moves forward. This is why the enemy, look, The enemy could care less that you came to church today. The enemy could care less that you're watching online today. The enemy could care less that you believe in Jesus. He could care less about any of that. What he cares about is keeping you bound and chained. Because if he keeps you bound and chained, you'll never do anything for the kingdom of God. He could care less if you're gonna go to heaven someday, as long as you don't take anybody else with you. It's a good word. So Paul actually gives us a wonderful foundation in that passage to build our lives upon. Ray, you can come on up. The first part of the foundation is this, and I want you to write this down. We are empowered by grace. We are empowered by grace. Number two Because we're empowered by grace, we demolish arguments, theories, opinions, philosophies, fantasies, outside thoughts, outside of the word of God. We demolish these thoughts. And number three, the third thing is this. We take captive of every thought and insist, and insist, and insist that it obeys God. So let's talk about these things real quick. The first one is this empowered by grace. I want to assure you of something. That God is not angry at me. He's not angry at me. Have I have I put on a, a few pounds that I shouldn't have? Yeah. Am I um, you know, I, I, you know, Wednesday night when I was running, man, my lungs, they were burning. <laughs> they were burning. But is God angry at me about that? No. Is God angry at you when He reveals an area of your life that you need to change? No. Why? because of his grace. Not because of you. Not even because of what you can do. See, this is the craziest part. As humans, we all think like, well, God's now happier with me because I did this. No, he loved you the same. <laughs> It's just like a it's like a mind warp sometimes. We think God's angry or happy with us based upon our daily choices. He's just going, I know that these choices will lead to victory in life. but he's still the same God and he loves you and he has grace not because of anything you've done, because of everything that Jesus did. Everything Jesus did empowers you to have victory. Because Jesus had victory, because Jesus overcame on the cross, the grace of God actually empowers you to overcome. So grace empowers you. Grace strengthens you. Grace reminds you that you're loved. So that's the first part of the foundation. The second part is this, then we demolish lies that stand against the truth of the Bible. So there's a reason why we want you to do a 90- day Bible plan. Read the New Testament. There's a reason why we want you to start a one-year Bible plan. I don't care I don't care if you read the, the New Testament, I don't care if you read the Old Testament. I just want you in the Word of God. And, and God needs you to be in the Word of God. And it has to become a priority. Not just a give or take. Not just like, oh, I hear it on Sunday morning, or maybe I get a little bit, you know, on a on a Tuesday. Like your mind is inundated with false arguments. And this thing that I want to just, I want to call it out. I want to call it out. It's called human reasoning. Humans think we are so smart. And and, and here's the deal. A lot of us in this room, we've become really good at becoming researchers, right? This whole idea of like self-made, right? Or like even the whole like DYI thing, like, you know, like I can watch these 40 videos and I'm a professional plumber now, right? And that's your human reasoning telling you that you're a professional plumber. But I tell you what, I think one of the biggest ways the enemy is using false truth is in human reasoning. We just all think that we're smarter than God. We all think that our path and our decision and our thoughts and our reasoning is just smarter than God. I was struggling to hear the Lord's voice. And this never happens for me. Like, never happens to me. Like, ever, ever, ever. And I don't mean that pridefully. I've just, I've always had this wonderful flow with the Holy Spirit. And I was having these days where I was coming in and praying for like an hour. And I'm like, God, it would be really nice if you showed up. It'd be really nice if you were here. And this just happened like for a few days. And day after day, I became more desperate. To the place where I just went, God, what did I do? He goes, You've been believing your own thoughts. What do you need me for? You've been believing your own thoughts. You, you haven't been hungry for me. You haven't been hungry for my thoughts. You haven't been hungry for what I want. It's been about what you want. So I've just allowed you to do what you wanted until you became desperate enough to cry out and go, what what do you want? Amen? He's not mad at me. I need you to hear that. He's not Mad at me, and he's not mad at you, but he's given us this thing called free will. And he goes, You can choose. You can choose my ways, or you can choose human reasoning. You can choose your own path. It's up to you, it's your choice. So we got to demolish these arguments. Got to demolish these arguments. You gotta tear them down. You go, no, nope. you're gonna submit to Jesus. You're gonna submit to God's word, to God's truth, to God's promises. And then the third thing that we do is this. We take captive of every thought that opposes God's truth. So we actually do what? We declare the opposite of the lie. We declare the opposite of the lie. And this is where faith really grows, is when you're going through it. When you're going through a job loss, you're going through a hard time, you're going through financial hard times, you're going through you know, a moment. I remember this season in my life where I dislocated my left knee. There was the third time I had dislocated my left knee. And the doctor said, we can do surgery, but you're going to be out for about seven weeks. You're going to be on crutches. And I was a youth pastor. and I was like, I can't be out for seven weeks. I don't have seven weeks to sit around. I, I, I can't do this. And he goes, I don't know what to tell you. You're going to live in pain the rest of your life. This is what he told me. He said, you're going to live in pain the rest of your life. Because every day, it just ached. It hurt. It was hard to walk on. And I was just pushing through. He said, every day, you're going to live in pain the rest of your life. And then I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, what do you say? He said, I'm a healer. I'm a healer. I'm a healer. And so for the next four months, every day, I'd wake up and that pain was there. And I'd go, thank you, Jesus. I have no pain in my left knee. I thank you, Jesus, that my left knee is healed. I thank you, Jesus, that I am whole. I thank you, Jesus, that my ligaments are healed. The muscle is healed. The tendons are healed. I thank you, Jesus, that I will not live in pain the rest of my life, but I'm gonna live in victory in you, even when the pain was screaming at me every single day for four months. But that's how your faith grows. You take those lies and you Say nope, nope, no, no. These lies are not going to control me. I'm going to walk in faith. I'm going to walk in truth. I not you stand up this morning? I want to share you, share with you this this truth that I've been speaking over myself. If you have a phone and you want to write down this truth, you you can. But I've been writing this down. I've been speaking this over my life. Okay. I've been saying this, God has been faithful. Can I get an amen? God has been faithful, and he will always be faithful. So when I declare that God is faithful, I start remembering all the moments that God's been faithful in my life. And then when I declare that God will always be faithful, I start speaking to what? I'm speaking to my future. I'm speaking, I'm declaring to my future. In the name of Jesus, God will be faithful to me always in my future. No matter what I face in my future, no matter what comes down the road in my future, no matter what happens in my future, I declare that God will be faithful because he always has been faithful. And I've been saying this, We will have everything we need. Because I believe that. Because God is faithful, because he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Can I just say this? And I'm actually gonna preach a message about this in a few weeks. God is the same God before the pandemic. He's the same God now. I know we all think like things have changed. Well, God didn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And because he's been faithful in my past, he'll be faithful in my future. He's always provided for me in my, in my past. I've always had everything I've needed to accomplish what God's called me to do, and I will in my future. I declare... I will always have everything I need, everything I need to accomplish what God has called us to do. Sometimes in the midst of looking at moments where I'm like, I I don't know how this is gonna work. Remember back in October, I was looking at the end of the year financially for the church and I was like, "I I I don't get it. I don't get it, God. And God was like, it's all right. You don't have to get it. I got it all. I got it all. I'm faithful. I just need you to declare this. I need you to declare who I am. I need you to speak to those lies. I need you to tear down those lies and put me first and give me preeminence in everything. Amen?